Yeah, I remember her saying, I'm already dead. 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 Well, today I want you each to stand up and hold your hands in some stupid single. I'm already dead. You're going to get up and scream. Get up and burn an X in your head. Hello there, and welcome to episode two of Turning Tracks. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt. Ah, I fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Or did you? I couldn't resist. I liked it. All right, you want to keep going or you want to start over? <laughs> I don't care. And I'm Chris. And we're here to talk... <laughs> 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 I wasn't ready. You hit that so quickly. All right. And we're here to talk about the music we love. In our first episode, Chris led off this new venture with one of his absolute favorite bands, Fountains of Wayne, who hail from New Jersey. This episode, we cross the river to the city that never sleeps for one of my all-time favorite bands. Get ready because it came from NYC. On this episode, we feature the music of White Zombie. What's going on? This is Turning Tracks, a new music podcast from GeekAid, and here's how it works. Each episode, either Chris or myself will pick a single band. Once that band is chosen, the person will have to pick 10 tracks that they believe represent what that band or artist is all about. Those 10 tracks will be discussed on the show, followed by a bonus track, which we'll play, uh, you know, the show out with. Since Chris and I have pretty different musical tastes, we thought this would be an excellent opportunity to to expose one another to some great music we wouldn't otherwise listen to. And, well, here we are. Chris, how the hell are you? I am, uh, I'm lovely. It's nice to uh, not be hosting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I host a lot of shows, and it's not that often that I get to just kind of sit back and not do it, <laughs> but also get to be on the show. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing all right. It's uh, kids have been off school for a couple of days um, for Indigenous Peoples Day slash Columbus Day or whatever you want to mm-hmm. go with. And uh, oh God, they were off half day Thursday, then they were off Friday, then Saturday, oh, wow. Sunday, and then they were off again today. So it's like. What the heck? <laughs> it's a two-three-mile schedule off, uh, so it's been a little more hectic than usual. Uh, my whole schedule has been dethroned, as it were. But you know, I'm playing some <laughs> video games. It's it is the Halloween season, and yes, sir. Uh, things are in full swing. I I beat Re- Return to Monkey Island, which was magnificent. Now I'm playing through Symphony of the Night mm. uh, for the first time in a long time, and classic. Uh, you know, catching. Uh, horrorish movie Halloween style movies with the kids whenever we can. That's uh, cool. We went to Art in the Park. There's like an Art in the Park. It was this like movie night in the park near okay. us recently. And they were showing Hocus Pocus and I do not care for that movie. It's not good. It's not. I don't understand like people love that movie. Yeah. Like, just yeah. I d I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, but no. it's 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 been fun. It's it's been a good Halloween season. I'm really excited to do this episode. It's a such a huge turn from the previous episode, <laughs> and um, even just thinking of the next couple episodes that I have for my picks, like mm-hmm. 
stylistically speaking, this show is so all over the map. And I think that's one of the things I'm so excited about. Yeah, doing absolutely. This is, and I hope that uh, our listeners are too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I think they are. There's a lot of chatter on the Discord, which is awesome. Yeah, that so is good. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, and and to your point, um, you know, in picking the tracks for for tonight's episode, uh, you know, I'm looking at my list of music that I'm like, oh, I want to get to these groups and these bands and these artists, and it's the same thing too. Like, you know, anybody that's listened to us on Waveback, I talk about, you know, my my leanings are heavy metal, my leanings are industrial. And there's definitely those artists are in there, but there's some stuff that is not, and I can't wait to get to that sort of stuff. Like you said, it's going to be all over the map, and I, I it's going to be so much fun. I, I just cannot wait. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, you know, without further ado, Chris, I have to ask you, because it's part of our uh, breakdown, um, What's do you have any anything about White Zombie? Any inclinations? Anything that's... You remember, you so, don't know. I have a little history with White Zombie. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, in high school, I was very good friends with a dude named Adam, uh, who you've actually spoken to. Yes. Uh, this is the same Adam that uh, did the record mastering. Um, <laughs> uh, that was uh, just a really fun surprise, and we did a fun interview on Waveback about that. Um, Adam was a big White Zombie fan at the time, and uh, he... I have so I've definitely listened to Astro Creep 2000. Um, mm-hmm. I'm f- I haven't listened to it since high school, <laughs> so it's been a good couple of decades since I've heard uh, anything past I don't know more human than human as uh, this is really like the only one I really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and just looking through the names of the tracks that we put together uh, that, that you put together for tonight's show, I'm really unfamiliar with just about anything else. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I always like the artwork um yep. on the the various albums. I like that um I don't know who that artist is. Uh I oh, you want me to tell you? Yeah, sure. Rob Zombie. Oh really? He did all that stuff. He's oh my drawn, god, I did knew that. Yeah, I remember he, Adam. He's drawn me all that. the artwork for yeah. everything everything that's been hand drawn for White Zombie and Rob Zombie. He's mm-hmm. done it. I remember that now. I remember. I remember Adam telling me about that. Yeah, I've. Always, I, I always thought that artwork was pretty cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I did very much in, enjoy the music. It's just not the stuff that I genuinely gravitate towards to listen to on my own. Um, but I don't think I've heard any White Zombie that I haven't liked. Um, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited to get a refresher course on why this band is good, uh, and also hear more about your. Um, your history with them and uh yeah i'm 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 excited about this i uh like i said i'm not i'm not not a fan of white zombie uh i have i definitely have an inclination an appreciation for metal uh more than i think i do like because uh, <laughs> it's not it's not my baseline and mm-hmm. i when i'm listening to music i have just kind of a very specific way i listen to it a lot of the times um so metal doesn't typically fit in there, but I really enjoy good metal. Like I really, really do. Um, and, uh, th- th- this show being an opportunity to, to do that. Like my wife is a humongous nine inch nails fan. Mm-hmm. She loves nine inch nails. And I freaking loved nine inch nails in high school. I absolutely loved them. And I fell off because I felt like they were coming out with a new record every week. 
Mm. <laughs> like I can definitely see that. Yeah. There was, it just became so much to keep up with, but like I really freaking loved early nine inch nail stuff. And, um, well, I, I guess that's, I guess that's, that's pretty much it. I, I have a healthy appreciation for metal. I just don't have very much knowledge of it. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, you kind of, uh, in the first episode, uh, essentially bared your soul musically to me. Uh, now it's my turn to uh, return in kind. So, if I, with your permission, I will give you a brief history of White Zombie. Have at it, sir. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Parsons School of Art Design in Queens, students Rob Cummings and then-girlfriend Sean Yasul co-founded White Zombie in 1985 and claim a home base of New York City's famed Lower East Side. The name White Zombie, if you do or do not know, comes from the 1932 horror classic of the same name, starring, uh, you know, legendary horror icon Bela Lugosi. Uh, this love of horror and heavy metal underground music is what brought Rob and Sean together and to form the band, right? So according to the uh, White Zombie official webpage, which still exists, which is kind of interesting to me, quote, Rob came up with the name and wrote the lyrics, Sean wrote the riffs. Um, starting out as a noise rock outfit, the two were the only members to see the band's birth and eventual death. They cycled through five different guitarists, including Ina Kostobi, Tim Jeffs, Tom Five, uh, not to be confused with uh, John Five, uh, who currently plays with Rob Zombie, actually. Uh, also or Ben no Folds Five, which is totally or, unrelated. Yeah, no, not Ben Folds either. <laughs> I think they're distant cousins or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> John Ricci and eventually settling on the final guitarist, Jay Younger. Uh, Peter Landau got the band rolling, with, uh, but Ivan Doom Prime, or Prume, Ivan D. Prume, sorry, bud, uh, ran the longest in the drum slot. Uh, Phil Burstate took the throne before uh, for a brief moment before finally enlisting John Tempesta, who you may or may not know is from Exodus and Temp- uh, Testament. Excuse me. From 1986 to their inevitable de- demise in September of 1980. Excuse me. I must take that again. From 1986 to their inevitable demise in September of 98. White Zombie has officially released four studio albums, not counting remix records, four EPs, and appeared on several soundtracks. Their incomparable visual style, dreads, tattoos, and tattered rag-like clothing, coupled with their explosive live performances, made them one of the most unique bands to ever grace the stage. Uh, This is a sentiment that I've personally attempted to carry with me while I serve my time on stage with any band I've ever worked in. Um, White Zombie for me was very influential in the way that I um, wanted to play on stage. Like I wanted people to see me this way. You know, I had long hair and a beard and, you know, I had the wallet chains and stuff. And I, I got up there and I played like a man possessed, you know, and I always saw white zombie as a band that kind of um, carved their own path uh, to what they thought, you know, entertainment was and 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 expression, um, and so that's kind of how I encompassed, or rather, how I harnessed that in myself and and put it out on stage. And of course, you know, I kind of looked like Rob, and I'd always get the occasion like, "You look like Rob Zombie," and of course, you know, my my ego grew two sizes too big that night. You know what I'm saying? So, um. 
Yeah, and that's that's really a very, very, very boiled down, you know, history of White Zombie. I mean, they were very DIY early in their career. They pressed their own records. Um, <laughs> you know, they um, they would go around to to the shops in the Lower East Side and like, hey, you guys want to carry this or whatever, and you know, they would wheat wheat glue poster up you know, for their shows and stuff. Um, interesting bit of trivia. I was reading um, on the White Zombie web page or a fan page or something that their first, uh, one of their first official releases is called Gods on a Voodoo Moon. And um, they pressed 300 copies. The story goes they only sold 100 of them. And then in a later area, it says they... Um, they would go to these record shops downtown, and one of them was Bleaker Bob's. Now, Bleaker Bob's doesn't exist anymore because, you know, they didn't make it to the resurgence of vinyl, right? Mm. But as a, you know, a precocious 16, 17-year-old, I start going into the city. Bleaker Bob's is one of the first places I went. I saved up the $50 it cost to buy Gods on a Voodoo Moon. So I have, like, what I believe to be an original pressing. Mm. And it... it it kind of like boggles my mind that that record could quite possibly have been sitting there, you know, since like 1980. Let me see. When was that record made? Nine, it could have been sitting there since 1985. And I bought it, you know, something like 11 or 12 years later. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like Rob and Sean could have gone in there and be like, you guys want to sell this? And he's like, yeah, I'll take a couple copies of it, whatever. And this one copy's just been sitting there forever. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, we're going to jump into the tracks in a couple of seconds. Come, uh, there's a couple of things I kind of want to point out. Um, so I said before that White Zombie started as a, like a noise rock group. And, um, you know, through the years, through their releases, through their uh, personnel lineup, because I think that's a big and important part of it. Um, they went from that kind of noise rock, you know, the New York art scene, the New York rock art scene, that kind of whole thing. Um, and they they transitioned into, you know, what was happening. So at some point, like I was I was reading some of this and, and people categorized them as noise, you know, noise rock groove metal thrash metal um and and then eventually settling on some kind of like industrial metal right and it's very interesting to me because in getting ready for this episode i listened to every single song that was available to my own detriment right some some nearly 70 songs and um I can absolutely see it. When you're able to take someone's entire catalog and lay it out in front of you and to see their trajectory, you're like, yeah, I get it. And I think one of the things that really may stick out in listening to these tracks, especially stuff from uh, La Sex or Assisto, uh, the full title is always funny to me, La Sex or Assisto Devil Music Volume 1, uh, released in 92. Um, when we listen to those tracks, I think you're going to hear a lot of the groove metal influence. And I think groove metal was really big in New York at the time, too, because there's a lot, there's a handful of big bands that came out of that scene. Uh, Prong, uh, Helmet, uh, just to name a few, are like big New York groove metal bands. And so I imagine that that's kind of what was, uh, oh, um, uh, Typo Negative to some extent, I'll argue, um, Life of Agony. How exactly would you define groove metal? 
I've never heard that term before. Um, at the risk of being completely blunt, there's a groove to it. It, it has to me. It's very much the pairing of the drums and like the the driving riff. And I think you'll see it. I think you'll see it when you listen to like two and three. You we get like three or four songs deep, and I think you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from and where the idea of groove metal is. Okay. And if not, if not, then we'll just have to do a whole episode on groove metal. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah. So uh, one of the things I did want to say now. Obviously, I pick White Zombie because White Zombie is one of those bands that forever I felt like I was one of the biggest fans. And I don't want to say it made up my personality, but I wanted so bad to be like in White Zombie. I thought they looked cool. The albums were great. Like the artwork was great. Like you were saying how it's so attractive. Um, they were they just did the stuff that I wanted to do. Right. And so I wanted to be them. Right. Like I said, I took I took their their image and and I try to adapt it to my own performance. Um, But in listening to every track that's available, um, I've decided that we're really only going to look at the last kind of, um, what do you say? Maybe five, let me see, 92, 98. Yeah. Like the last five or six years of, of white zombies span of, of life because those first, I don't know, uh, eight or so i don't find the music very listenable they they didn't have their voice you know like rob was very pitchy and whiny and the music was very sloppy i think and you know that's what new york punk was because they were punks and stuff and (laughs) the recording text sucked i read a story that they they opened up a phone book and they found a recording studio called bat cave and they recorded this this like eight track album in two hours for thirty dollars, which I'm sure in the eighties was not a lot of money or was a lot of money, right? But that really tells you like they're they're New York punks, everything was DIY, so not to not to rag on that stuff, but I didn't think it was very indicative of the white zombie that I felt was like in my heart, <laughs> which is overly dramatic and I apologize. So very quickly, uh to my point about the old stuff, uh, if you want to go back, and I say you do just because maybe you're interested in the evolution and the trajectory of, of White Zombie. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Maybe you just want to hear some bad music or good music. I don't know. Uh, a, a box set called It Came From NYC um, came out, and it's completely remastered all the uh, material that came out pre geffen records white zombie and it was completely remastered by jay Junger, the final guitarist of uh white zombie who he went on to have an actually really good career as a producer engineer he did uh one of my favorite fu manchu records um and that's actually how i got into fu manchu because i was like i need everything that these guys do even if they're broken up i'm gonna follow them to the ends of the earth and <laughs> you know jay Junger got me into fu manchu and really opens me up to stoner rock and uh, anyway but um, yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, it came from New York. The whole thing is on um, Spotify. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie is another great box set. Um, and it features every single uh, major label white zombie release. So, you know, get out there and check them out if you want to. And if you don't, that's cool too. Um, but that being said, we get into the meat and the potatoes of the show. And um, 
I got to tell you, Chris, two albums, 10 tracks. It was really, really, really <laughs> hard for me to nail down 10 tracks that I thought, because I would listen to it and go, this is it. And then the next song come on, I go, no, this is it. And I did it through the whole record. So my approach to this was, all right, the singles are out there. Nobody needs to hear these singles. They've been heard before. So we're going to start off with a bunch of stuff from La Sexa Resisto, uh, Devil Music Volume 1, right? So those singles include um, uh, Thunderkiss 65, uh, Black Sunshine. Uh, I think, I want to say that that's the, yeah, those were the two releases. Both got videos, too. Black Sunshine, side note, features um, vocals, uh, a spoken word from Iggy Pop which I think is freaking cool. Um, another, you know, early punk pioneer. But um, I digress. We're going to open up this uh, this set with uh, Welcome to Planet Motherfucker, Psychoholic Slag, <laughs> off of the first major label release, Lexessor Assisto, uh, Devil Music Volume 1. Uh, it's a long one. I apologize. But it's got so much going on that I think, yeah, enjoy.
Welcome to Planet Motherfucker, Psychoholic Slag. I, it it makes me laugh to say that out loud because, you know, I spend so much of my life kind of keeping all these names to myself, you know, because some of them are interesting to say out loud. Um, what year was this? This was, Lacessor Assisto was 92. March 1792. Fantastic. Why this, has, this has such a specific sound from that time period um i'm reminded of the soundtrack i'm reminded specifically to watching clerks on vhs and the soundtrack in the background of that just like 
this is pretty well produced and um when I think of the the little bit that I know of White Zombie, when I think of Rob Zombie music, uh, I'm reminded of uh, a strong bad email <laughs> where they're t- <laughs> where he's doing the techno song, and mm-hmm. there comes the point where it's like, and they got to throw in like a clip from an old movie or something like that to repeat in the background, and like that's like such a the such system a, is down. The system is down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> throwing in. <laughs> that's my favorite episode (laughs) i love that one but you know what i mean like that's of course it's such a thing of that time to throw um movie uh lines into your music um and there's just something about the overall fidelity that is so early 90s and it's Mm -hmm. such such an attractive sound to me i freaking love that slightly it's not lo-fi but it's lower than modern you know what i mean like it was it's it's modern recording. It's it's not like sixties recording or anything, but like anything it's, recorded past like the two thousands has a much different, louder, cleaner sound to it. This is very this is early nineties kind of grungy sound. And I love I'll it. tell you what it probably is, honestly. Um this is just before the digital revolution. Mm, yep. There you go. This That's, is this is absolutely recorded on two inch tape, no question about it. Yeah. So, you know, what you're hearing is like tape artifact and and that warmth of analog that you know everyone talks about the warmth of vinyl the warmth of analog um yep that's almost like on on the button that's almost specifically what it is i I thought this was magnificent i liked the second song the best uh, because this was three songs (laughs) really it it really was songs uh and the middle one was like (laughs) the first one i was really into uh the the middle section i was like this this is fucking awesome. I'm absolutely into this. Uh, and then the last one was like that. All right, we're good. <laughs> so so that last one, dun 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 dun, mm-hmm. that's groove metal. How the guitar Got and the it. bass are, are totally. playing with. Yeah. Yep. Totally. As soon as you said that sentence, like, and now I know what that is. <laughs> I totally understand it. And yeah, and and you're going to get a lot of that, especially on this record. Um, Point of note, because uh, you mentioned, you know, movie quotes and stuff. This song is clearly chocked full of them. There's a a quote from The Mummy with Boris Karloff, which is my favorite quote of any song, which is, do you have to open graves to find girls to fall in love with? Like, (laughs) it's so good. Um, Let me see. Uh, There's like, this whole record is riddled with faster pussycat kill kill um uh movie quotes dawn of the dead get up and kill uh, i mean rob zombie freaking loves horror horror movies he just oh, loves them so if if you ever have a moment look up rob zombie mtv cribs and this is before <laughs> the, i think i think everything was on dvd or vhs and he takes you into his quote unquote vault it's massive 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 um so yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm glad you you enjoyed that because you're gonna get a lot more of it. <laughs> At least nine more tracks. At least nine more. Well, I, I'd say the next four, right? Because um, I I kind of split it fifty fifty. Hmm. Uh, Astro Creep two thousand is the last half of the show. Yeah, yeah. And I think they get a little more metal, a little less groove, but we'll we'll. We'll get to that. We'll let you guys decide. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's uh, 
If that's all you got to say, I'm I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I'm ready to party. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the next uh my next pick, which is a song called Cosmic Monsters Incorporated. Again, song titles are just fantastic. This is the f- fifth track. The <laughs> yeah. fifth track on the album. Um Luxexor Assisto. And uh I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just I'm just gonna say enjoy. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking bookstore.
It will end, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Cosmic Monsters Incorporated from White Zombies. Uh, looks like Sarasisto. And uh, how'd that grab you? Uh, quite quite nicely. I liked that one quite a bit. I love the... Um, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. I'm, I'm not sure I have the, the proper vocabulary for this episode, so bear with me. But uh, okay. the pairing of power chords and bass. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the way that they're just they're not complementing each other. They're playing the same thing and complementing each other that way. So they're not like harmonizing or anything with each other. It's just this walking series of notes that match perfectly with the distortion and the distorted guitar and the bass. And it's such an aggressive and awesome sound. I freaking love the way it came together. Now this was, this was awesome. This was a really good tune. Um, yeah, uh, again, uh, faster pussycat kill kill samples. Plan nine from out of city, out of space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I'm such a huge fan of that, and I think it's because of this band. They, um, I think Rob had a a very interesting mind. You know, to obviously he's got the plethora of knowledge of these sam these sounds and these 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 bits of dialogue. It's like we're gonna put them here, and they they just work right. Um, one of the things I think really just works, quote unquote, just works, uh, to your point about bass and guitar uh, really kind of coming together is um, Jay Younger uh, has essentially just joined the band, and this is the stuff that he was writing and putting out. One of the things that I learned in in prepping for this episode was I did not know how musically inclined the bass player Shawnee Yasul was. Um, bass was actually the last instrument she learned. And it was because, like, Rob wanted to make a band. And so she knew a guy. She knew Ivan uh, Ivan Dupreme, who didn't join the band early on. He had a recording studio or whatever. And uh, she was like, can you teach me how to play bass? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, but she was, like, classically trained in, like, violin and keyboards and stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that, like, you know, Jay Younger and, and Sean are really just crushing it together. Like, there's so much great guitar play there's a lot of great like melodies and and there's a lot of great walking quote-unquote walking material Mm -hmm. you know that these these two guys or well sean is female (laughs) so these two uh musicians put together and then you couple it with the drummer who's just like Mm -hmm. sitting in the Mm -hmm. pocket and then he goes outside the pocket to play around them like it just there's a lot of like musicality to it that I think for a very long time I didn't notice or appreciate. I thought it was just like this is this is ugly music and I like it. Um but now like going back to it and really kind of analyzing it for this show, like I'm really realizing like I haven't been paying as close attention as I thought I've been over you know over the past 20 plus years, 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> so it's I'm, meticulous. It's it's it like, is. I, it's interesting to me that you say it's ugly. I I I find it I think it's gorgeous. It's it's. I know it's a weird way to describe it, but it's it's so meticulous. It's so perfect. They're in such they're in such great synchronization. Um, mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a band that rehearses. Uh, yes, and and that's it. It got it comes through. They're just considering how dirty it sounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like just the 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 aesthetic itself is dirty, but like that takes work to make it sound good. Um, anybody can just, anybody can make a bunch of noise. Uh, mm-hmm. Turning that into something truly special is, uh, 
is really an accomplishment. And this is, that's, that's, that's what this is. It's, you can, you can, uh, you can just listen to it on the, on the surface level and be like, yep, this is just some awesome noise. Um, but if you just, if, if you even give it the slightest extra, extra amount of attention to really pay attention to the detail that's involved, that the, the complexity of it, like it's, it is, it, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's freaking good. It's freaking good. Nah, and that's, you know, to be fair, that's always how I felt about it. I was like, I love this music. This music is great, you know, and I, I think of my friend's group, I was probably the only guy that I knew that liked White Zombie as much as I did. So it was always weird to me to meet someone else who was like a big White Zombie fan, or at least a fan as big as I was, right? Mm. So it's very interesting to kind of be, you know, some 30 years removed talking about it and then talking about it with someone who doesn't listen to it, and then to have you say things like you just said, <laughs> it makes me kind of take a step back from my own, you know, love of this band and be like, wow, he's absolutely right. Like, they, you know, if, you, if you're looking at a picture of White Zombie right now, they look like, you know, they have scabies. And when you say, like, it's dirty, the music is dirty, that's... That was the whole package. It was the aesthetic they were going for, right? Mm. Like grungy. Maybe they slept in the streets. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe they stole their amps. Who knows? Um, so yeah, it's 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 really nice to hear what you're saying. It, it's really like a fresh take to me. You know, <laughs> after 30 years of listening to this record over and over and over. So I appreciate that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep this train a chugging. Moving on to our third track on the uh, La Sexer Sisto album. Actually, uh, I've lost my track listing, but uh, it's later on in the record. It, this this track is called Spider Baby, and in parentheses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, enjoy Spider Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that was Spider Baby. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that yeah. just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting back in my chair, like just just bobbing my head, relaxing. Like this is good. This is good. And then like you just start talking. Like wait, what? What the hell just happened? <laughs> I guess I, I guess I started a little bit before you, but yeah, that song has a very abrupt ending. It's, it's very disconcerting. Yeah, like the next track started in my iTunes, and I was like, wait, what? what, what? <laughs> that was very unexpected. Um, yeah. Well, damn that, them. That was so good. I was just like, mm, yeah. I could just like listen. It's very. I'm, I'm finding. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm no. finding this like Rob Zombie's vocals are so indecipherable sometimes <laughs> like just the the amount of gruffness in his voice kind of makes it so that I have to really be thinking about the words to understand what any of them are mm-hmm. although I did find it interesting I could have sworn in the last song he said the words astro creep yes he did that's that's some foreshadowing right there you are uh, correct sir this, this is magnificent but uh I'm glad you picked that up because I was going to point that out I'm listening to this and I'm like reading other things. I'm like, I could listen to this like the way I listen to video game music. Like I can't, a lot of times when I'm doing work or doing something else, if I'm listening to music with lyrics, I that's, those are the words that are in my head. Like that's what I'm hearing. I can't focus on things right. that involve me having to comprehend other written or, or spoken material while yep. that music is playing. But because of the general, just the tone of Rob's vocals in these songs, like it just sounds like another instrument. Uh, if I, if I, if I'm just kind of turn my head off, it's, it's really quite nice. <laughs> I was, I'm... it's weird to say that I was relaxed by that last tune, but I was just like, I got into a good groove. Like that's, that's... the word. And nailed it. I loved it. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that kind of last like forty five seconds to a minute is. It's just this great solid groove, mm-hmm. and you know, like they they played it and were like, yeah. And then they're like, we just want to play this for a while. And Rob's like, I've got a sample, and that sample is actually from um, the Omen. Let me. Uh, no, mm. excuse me, the Exorcist. Oh, actually, I lie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arabic at the end uh, is from the Exorcist. So. You know, there's his horror. One of the things I want to point out that dawned on me, I think, while I was putting this episode together is that apparently I love mixed media because that's really what this is, right? It's like a metal band, right, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're bringing in samples that are may or may not be, be applicable. And it becomes like a, a mixed media piece of art, you know, like... um uh, my wife and I have a few friends who are artists and, you know, they always invite us out to openings and stuff. And there's always other artists at these galleries and things and you see all kinds of stuff. But I've always been drawn to the mixed media artist. Uh, our one friend, um, female artist, she does a lot of mixed media stuff. She uses a lot of like stuff that wouldn't be, you know, on a painting. And she puts it on there and then she paints funky colors. And now all of a sudden she's got textures and it becomes this whole different thing. And that's really what I, I appreciate about that. And to your point about Rob's vocal cadence and kind of uh, delivery and um, for lack of a better term, melodies, it, it really is like a, I don't know, a fourth or a fifth instrument, so to speak. Like, of course the human voice is an instrument, but the way he presents it, you know, and uses it, it becomes another extension of the song where you're right. If you're not really trying to pay attention to the lyrics, 
you know, I hate to say it this way, but it almost becomes background noise, but like in the best possible way, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I can't, <laughs> for some reason, every time I think of, um, Rob Zombie singing, the only word that comes to mind is yeah, that's it. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about that when we get to the Astro Creep 2000 section because <laughs> there's uh yeah there's a thing there but uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. Um, uh, next track on the uh, chopping block is um, is the eighth track off of Luxexorisisto. Uh, it's our our uh, fourth track. It's uh, I Am Legend, um, and my guess is it's probably named after the movie that's taken from the Richard Matheson book, I Am Legend. And a weird bit of fore- foreshadowing, this is actually featuring Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a comment about the Will Smith movie, how it is utter rubbish. It's he was known true. as Fresh Prince at the time. It was a strange crossover. but <laughs> How a guy from uh, New Hampshire and a kid from Philly came together is beyond me, but it happened, so... Record industry is a weird business. What can I Wait, say? Did I see New Hampshire? I meant Massachusetts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Any hoozle. This next track is called I Am Legend. It is off of White Zombies, Les Sex or Assisto, Devil Music, Volume 1. Enjoy.
I Am Legend by White Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> funny I, I said the yeah thing, <laughs> and, then, and then the first word out of his mouth was yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I said we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um, so one of the reasons why I chose this track, right, is because I think White Zombie, uh, on a whole, is known for kind of this uh, aggressive, pulse pounding, fast you know, music. Um, I think when, if you ask anybody white zombie, the first thing that comes to mind is something like more human than human. Right. Mm -hmm. But I like, I really, really enjoy I am legend because it's a slower pace and yet it still maintains their, um, level of groove. It still means the heft remains the heft of, of heavy metal. Um, and you know, it, it's still very much a white zombie song. It's just a little slower. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, this one felt a bit somewhat nondescript to me in comparison to the other ones that we've listened to so far. Um, okay. The, uh, I was kind of afraid towards the middle of it. Again, I was like, just kind of like enjoying a groove. And then it came to that kind of interesting part where uh, everything dropped out real quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, did the end, did the song end again? It's oh, okay. It's back. <laughs> I got another minute or two. All right. <laughs> but, uh, I still very much enjoyed it. It was um, just one of the, it was a. Uh, it's it it's it's it, it, it felt a little nondescript to me in comparison to the last uh, last couple ones, but um, not necessarily in a bad way. Just uh, um, yeah, I did I didn't I didn't feel anything as special <laughs> in this one as I did the other ones. Maybe it's the lack of samples. I don't know. No, um, <laughs> I will I will say this much though. It took me it took me some years before i really got into this one because again as i said on the fountains of wayne episode you know mm-hmm. i was full of piss and vinegar and i just wanted everything fast and aggressive and angry mm-hmm. and i was like this is so slow forget this, this is stupid you know i'd skip it or whatever um but now you know all these years later i'm like slept on this song man this is a good one not to you know uh, uh go against what you're saying it's you know yeah, I mean, I'm hearing this stuff for the first time, and it's just like right. this is how it's grabbing me uh, right off the bat. Like I, like I said, I was enjoying it. I didn't want the song to stop. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was just kind of you know sitting back and enjoying it. it. Just didn't seem as descript as the other ones. You know, everyone other the other ones had like a very specific personality, I guess, to them, and this mm-hmm. was just like, yeah, good. I could groove. I could definitely see that. Yeah, not um, meant as a, a dig on it. I was, I was no, genuinely I enjoying it. Uh, I I couldn't imagine you making a dig on it anyway. (laughs) If we're digging, that's a Rob Zombie episode, and that's a Dragula joke, but we're not going to make that right now. (laughs) What we're going to do is we're going to move ahead to our fifth song. Through the uh, ditches and then burn. Yeah, (laughs) right. We're going to burn some witches as we listen to the next track. Um, This is actually going to be the last track we listen to uh, and talk about from the Sex or Assisto Devil Music Volume 1, and it's called Starface. Um this song is the second to last song on the record, and I really love the last song. I mean, I said it before. It was a really tough choice on what songs to pick, but the main reason why I chose this one is because the opening sample, uh, and we'll talk about it afterwards, and then there's a countdown in it, which is also a sample, and I think pairing the music with the sample here is like chef's kiss perfect. I'm going to let you guys decide, but I've already told you where I stand on it. The song's called Starface. It's White Zombie. It's the last one from Lo Sexo Resisto. 
Enjoy. One. We are one. One is the beginning. Are you one, Herbert? I am not Herbert. 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 I am not Herbert.
was Starface from the Sex or Assisto, Devil Music Volume 1, White Zombie. And uh, what'd you think? That was fucking great. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, oh, that's uh, great. Kind of, I, it was a little off-putting at first because I had gotten so into the groove. I was mm-hmm. ready to just, like, lean my chair back and enjoy another, like, kind of background groove. And then this one was just like, oh, oh, no, I demand your attention. And I was like, okay. Okay, you have my attention now. I liked that one a lot. I couldn't tell you a single word that he said, uh, but I was just listening to that that main riff. Just just all the guitar work was great. It was uh, uh, very, very energizing, as it were. Uh, I I thought it was a real fun song. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I also, in addition to the multiple reasons, why I love that particular track. It's very upbeat. There's like a disco-y beat. You know, he's riding the hi-hats. And you got the four on the floor, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, Jay is just in that pocket with such great guitar work. And it's it, to me, it's very interesting because um, for all the great guitar work, at the same time, I feel like it doesn't stand out. And not in a negative way either. Like, it's something that you have to really give your full undivided attention to. And then you sit there and go, oh, my God. Yeah, it just know? blends into, like, it, it's it just blends in so seamlessly. It's like... It's it's like clean distortion. It's, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, but it kind of does. Like all the parts <laughs> just come together to form such a cohesive whole. Uh, it, it's it's really quite masterful. I have absolutely got to agree with that. Um, that being said, uh, we're going to leave that release and we're going to move on to 1995's Astro Creep 2000: Songs of Love, Destruction, and Other Synthetic Delusions of the Electric Head. Um, that's just a ridiculous name for an album and I absolutely love it. <laughs> but from this point on, we're just going to call it Astro Creep 2000, which to your point was some foreshadowing. Um, and, and this is the record I think that a lot of people ended up really discovering them on because more human than human was such a big song. You couldn't go anywhere in like 1995, 96, and 97 and see a movie trailer that didn't have more human than human as its backing track, right? Yeah, I mean that that was it was a massive success. That was that was a breakout single, sure, without question. Um, and uh, you know, as much as I love that song, we're not going to listen to it because you've heard it a thousand times. Um, I'm going to start off this record uh, with the opening track. Uh, if you've listened to The Wave Back before, if you've listened to me talk about anything, I talk about the total package. And I think the opening song really needs to set the tone for the rest of whatever it is. The video game we're talking about, the record, the book, it doesn't matter. And this song is absolutely it. The song's called Electric Head Part 1, The Agony. It's off Astro Creep 2000. It's from White Zombie, and I hope you enjoy it. Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. <laughs> Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. <laughs> Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. <laughs> Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. Perhaps you had better start.
was Electric Head Part 1, The Agony Off of White Zombies, 95 release, Astro Creep 2000. Chris? Yes? Are you still there, sir? Now, that's a song I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, man. <laughs> as, soon as, it sick, as soon as it kicked in, I was like, that's the White Zombie I remember. That's mm-hmm. I remember this track. Yep. I think um I think this record is really the one that kind of sealed the deal for me that if I had to pick an iteration of White Zombie that I had to I don't know <laughs> you know uh fancifully be in this would be it John Tapesta on drums right you've got you still got Rob you still got Shauna and you still got Jay and I think um it just comes together so beautifully while um while doing a little bit of research and listening I I read some interesting stuff that I I actually didn't know um, this record actually had actually features um, Charlie Clouser, who is of Nine Inch Nails fame, uh, Rammstein, Marilyn Manson, and so forth, doing um, keyboard work. And uh, Terry Date uh, produced. Terry Date was big in the 2000s with Deftones and uh, uh, Soundgarden, Pantera, and stuff like that. And then um, the other two key factors that make this album this album is they got a nice size advance from Geffen to make it hmm. and they got all the time in the world. So according to uh, an interview with uh, Jay, the guitarist, he qu- was quoted as saying the album comprises 72 track recordings, excuse me, 72 track recordings, 48 of which are analog 24 being digital recordings. The entire album took three months to write and another three to record. So they had a lot of time on their hands to really tweak and and make it, you know, what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that shows a lot, too, in, uh, you know, the whole overall uh, record. And, and I think, you know, you'll hear that as we go on. And for you, Chris, you'll probably remember a lot of this stuff, too, which is going to make it easier. Um, I'm, I just love that intro. You know, perhaps you better start from the beginning. Like... Where else are you going to put that <laughs> sample, right? To peak of the freaking record, right? <laughs> uh, I love that song so, so much. Um, That's a really fun piece of music right there. That was like, that, oh. just that that rhythm, that that kind of, you mentioned before, like kind of a disco thing going on. Like mm-hmm. that, that feel is kind of what defines uh, White Zombie in my head, in my, my personal mm-hmm. head canon, that kind of feel for music. And it's a... Uh, yeah, it was it was a very very good, very invigorating track. Liked it quite a bit. It's it's definitely one of the songs I used to put on to really like amp myself up to do stuff. Like oh, I don't want to do this thing, and you just throw it on. You're like, all right, I'm gonna go do it. Um, one of the key things that I love about it is there's a part where Jay is going up, like, but Sean is going down the bass, boom, boom, and they're doing it like a call and response and it's so minuscule but it's so like i love it so much so if you go back and you listen to it again listen for that it's it's one of my favorites but uh moving on um another one of my absolute favorites off this album uh comes in at number four on the track uh excuse me on the uh on the album it's called creature of the wheel to your point before we get into creature of the wheel you said the thing about rob saying yeah Mm -hmm. I uh, I did a little digging, and uh, there is a website uh, that has a white zombie yeah count. <laughs> and, 
And I did the math. And for anyone who's counting at home, Astro Creep 2000 has a prox has uh, if I did my math correct, 121 yes. Wow. I'm gonna do for like sex or assisto in the next break, and uh, that's much higher. So that being said, here comes Creature of the Wheel off of Astro Creep 2000 by White Zombie. So that was the juggernaut that is Creature of the Wheel, because it's the only way I can describe that song. Yeah. From the moment it opens with the bass and the 
floor toms just like rolling in to the moment it ends, man. <sighs> Thoughts? Uh, juggernaut. Sorry, you said the juggernaut, and I'm just like imagining Rob Zombie saying, I'm the juggernaut, juggernaut. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He would say, "I'm the juggernaut." Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. You're, I mean, you're right. That song was an onslaught. That was just like that. Was, I think that was. I. I. I don't think I'm crazy in saying that was the most aggressive song we'd heard heard tonight. And um, it, it might be. It was a, a very successful at, at accomplishing the mission of being an aggressive tune. But again, it all. It's that mix of dirty and clean. Like it's it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such well-refined uh, grunge, which is such a strange thing to a strange thing to say. But it's like it never quite get quite gets to that like Billy Corgan level of like quote unquote clean distortion, where it's just so measured that it almost mm-hmm. like loses the uh, the in- edge inherent edge of distortion. But it is so well rehearsed, so tight. Uh, and yeah. uh, that it's just extremely effective at what it does. Very, very enjoyable tune. Yeah, I, I, it, it, your, your description of this stuff is so interesting to me, and obviously not in a bad way. It's just such a, I, it, it's what I talked about. I think about in the first episode. It's like I like to talk to people who are different from I am, from different who I am. Okay, <laughs> right. In- English, not first language, good. I like to talk. You to English? Pe- That's impossible. <laughs> I like to talk to people who are different from me because I get a different viewpoint, and this is the perfect case in point. So, it's very interesting to to hear your take on it. Um, for everyone who is waiting with bated breath about how many yes were in Luxenzera Sister <laughs> Devil Music Volume One. That comes in at a whopping hundred and sixty. Wow. For f- but to be fair, thirty one of them come from a song called Grindhouse A Go Go, where he literally says like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. a bunch of times too. So it's kinda cheating, like fish in a barrel, but I would be very curious to hear um the numbers on John McCrae saying oh yeah as opposed to Rob Zombie saying yeah. And John McCrae of Cake has a has a way of saying oh he yeah does. all right oh yeah oh yeah all right like it, all that's that that's his like signature calling card so like I'm curious how those numbers stack up and honestly I'm looking for that crossover I want John McRae <laughs> and Rob Zombie to get together and make a very strange song because thinking about the combination of Cake and White Zombie is uh, those are two pretty different sounding bands but uh. I'm game. I am too, man. Uh, I'm I'm all ready. My body is ready. Uh, and speaking of my body is ready, uh, next track on the list is uh, a track affectionately entitled "Grease Paint and Monkey Brains." <laughs> I told you some some great, just some great song top names. Top notch um, uh, track names here. Top notch track names. This is um, "Grease Paint and Monkey Brains" is uh, song number six on the record. If you're counting at home. Uh, But it's our song number eight, and I'm going to press play now, and you guys, I hope you enjoy it.
That was Grease, Paint, and Monkey Brains off of Astro Creep 2000 from 1995 release uh, by White Zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I hear the phrase monkey brains, I'm re- reminded of uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom. Of course. Shield monkey brains. And every time I don't hear shield monkey brains in this song, I'm, <laughs> I'm desperately disappointed. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Uh, I'm so sorry to disappoint. <laughs> no, nah, that was a good one. That would, It was like a callback to the, to the groove metal again. Like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of that was like, it was a, so much less intense than the last couple of tracks. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, it like definitely this. is. It definitely is like the middle of the record, like pause to take a breath because what comes after it is I zombie and I zombie is absolutely like pulse pounding. It's right up there with Dyer's Eve by Metallica. It's once it starts, it doesn't stop until it's throttled you to death. But we're not listening to iZombie because I thought there's a lot other there's a lot of other tracks that I think represent this band better. Um, I always appreciate when a band understands that everyone who listens to their music may not actually be in shape enough to handle <laughs> an entire album of intensity. <laughs> you just got you got to let me chill for a little bit. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to exercise. I need some water. Yeah, ex- exactly. Round is a shape, I always say. Um, (laughs) That being said, uh, at the top of the program, in the opening, I wanted to make a mention of um, the song you were listening to when we opened the show. It was called uh, Real Solution Number 9. And there's a lot of... uh, The the lyrics of that are, who will survive and what will be left of them. Uh, That's actually taken from the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster. Um, if, If you've ever followed anything that Geek Aid's ever done... I talk about my love of Texas Chainsaw Massacre many, many times. So that's honestly one of my favorite songs. And I couldn't, I wanted to get it in the show so bad, but I felt, you know, there are other tracks. So when you said, oh, don't forget your intro track, I was like, perfect, nailed it, got it. So that's what's up there. Uh, That track's actually the third one on the record. But moving forward... Uh, our ninth track of the evening uh, is the uh, tenth track of the Astro Creep 2000 release. It's called Blur the Technicolor. Um, I love the intro to this song. I really, really do. Uh, I believe it's another sample. But even if it wasn't, I wouldn't be surprised because John Tempest is just a genius. So, Anyway, it's Blur the Technicolor. It's Astro Creep 2000. It's White Zombie, and it's on right now.
was Blur the Technicolor by White Zombie. How'd that one grab you, Chris? You know, you had said earlier um, that there was a, a big difference between Astro Creep and the previous album that I couldn't even begin to pretend I remember the name of because it was... The Sex or Assisto. There you go. Sure, that. that. <laughs> um, uh, and you, you're absolutely right. There's a big difference um, between the overall sound, but it's mm-hmm. really neat hearing the evolution um, from there to here. Like, I, I can definitely hear... Um, what the like the, the 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 structure of this? How it came from some of those early songs? And I wish I could remember the names of any of them. But there was a the one song that I mentioned the whole like bass and power chords like playing in conjunction with one another. Um, you can hear that in this. Like this song is is doing that to a lesser extent. It's not quite as walking as mm-hmm. it was in that one. It's not quite as all over the map, but it's just as tight and just as effective. And it's mixed mixed with this higher production value and um, I guess just overall bombastic nature of what it is that they're doing at this point. Um, but that evolution is is definitely there, and I, that that's what struck me when listening to this one was 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 how they got from there to here, uh, and it was a it was it was a pretty clear line. But also just like I remember I mentioned in that previous one that we listened to like that. It was such an early '90s sound. Like it had that mm-hmm. very, like you said, it was the pre-digital era. Had that very specific '90s sound. And whereas this one, like the 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 sound of the distorted guitar, was so full. It's got that that really, really, really crunch, crunchy, bassy feel to it. Like, mm-hmm. and it's always a, it's at least in my experience. I, I am primarily a drummer, but it's always been my experience that getting that really good. Uh, distortion sound was always somewhat difficult because when you you throw a distortion pedal on a clean guitar, you you tend to lose some of the bass in it. In the act of the dis, you know the distorting process tends to, to tends to make it sound inherently a little bit more hollow without adjusting the tone and or just really coordinating with your bass player to make that shit sound proper. And uh, the artistry on display in this song really got me like besides the fact that it's just freaking cool like it's just it's really <laughs> aggressive it's just a really good song like taking taking all that initial just head head bopping nature i don't want to say head banging but like just just that all of that all of the just initial surface level awesomeness of the song like just really listening to the artistry of it and then listening to the evolution like this has that intensity of more modern white zombie but it also has all that core of the groove rock and everything that I was talking about with the bass like this was just like the total package it was like the the culmination of everything white zombie that had come before it at least for that I've listened to tonight I thought this mm-hmm. was just a magnificent track I really appreciate that because I know I sit here and say this is my favorite song and this is my favorite song. This this uh, Blur the Technicolor really sits among my top three all-time White Zombie original material songs. Um, you're absolutely right. It really is just the culmination of, you know, 1985 all the way up to 1995, the release of this record, right? You got the groove metal in there. You've got some samples, which is, you know... Rob's influence, the lock and step of of Sean and Jay on on guitar, doing the guitar work, 
And then just Johnson Pesta being able to sit and hold at such a tight groove mm. and the fills and every it's like it just comes together so perfectly. And I I'm happy that you said the term culmination because I think this is the perfect track to end uh Astro Creep two thousand on. Um the final track that we're gonna listen to and talk about is um off of the Escape from L.A. soundtrack, which, if you do or don't know, is the sequel to uh, Escape from New York, featuring everyone's favorite snake, Pliskin, Kurt Russell. Um, I picked this one. Actually, you know what? Let's just listen to it, and then I'll talk about why I picked it. Um, As I said, this is called The One. It's by White Zombie, and it's off of the Escape from L.A. soundtrack.
that was the one, <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the lyrics, by White Zombie from the Escape from L.A. soundtrack. See, I thought um, it was going to be called Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> he made two full records of that. Uh, I think he was he was done. No, he didn't. He wasn't done with that. He he did that in uh, the first and second uh, solo albums. He's, he's got plenty of it. But anyway, so... Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to start. One of the reasons why I chose this particular track is um, this was, I believe, if I remember correctly, the last track that the band put together uh, before their eventual uh, demise. Um, but it was really, to me, the foreshadowing for what was coming next, like for Rob um, and uh, for his solo career and stuff. And, you know, he stayed true to kind of the stuff set forth by white zombie a little bit but when you change your personnel you know uh different um different influences creep in and you know eventually he evolved further beyond um this kind of groove metal than this kind of aggressive industrial metal to some extent i think this song is the most industrial metal uh piece of music that white zombies ever made and um you know when i heard it this is what really kind of sealed the deal for me uh to be a fan of this kind of guitar driven but electronic based um music mm-hmm. um the, you know it features samples from escape from new york uh unconfirmed i'm pretty positive they're escape from new york samples um which is great because it's you know on the soundtrack to the sequel of, which is escape from la and uh you know i think that's just kind of the the film fan in in rob you know showing people like uh you know i got gotcha. you <laughs> um but yeah so what do you what you got to say buddy uh this was definitely i mean clearly the most electronic sounding and i liked what you said uh, i i i agreed with it it sounds like um from my limited knowledge of rob's solo stuff this is very much a bridge between you know what we've heard so far tonight and what uh, Rob Zombie's solo stuff would eventually you know sound like, like you you think of mm-hmm. you think of Rob Zombie, you think Dragula, you know that's that's yeah. that's the one that's been in everything. It was in the freaking Matrix. Yeah, right. Which was in the Matrix, and this song is called the One. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, it's uh, okay. It's late. I'm sleepy. Uh, you can't expect the comedy to be great at this point. Um, <laughs> it's it's never great, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was. Um, I, I liked I liked it a lot. I mean, first, I'll I'll just say that offhand. I liked that very much. I like this. Mm-hmm. You would call it industrial, is what you would call this industrial metal because it features the elements of like programmed drums. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's there's a reliance on samples as a melody. Uh, very very keyboard driven to some extent guitars are there but their guitars are almost more rhythmic than melodic yeah yeah they're almost percussive yeah and and for uh, correct me if i'm wrong but did did nine-ish nails do stuff like this at some point oh absolutely um okay you know you look at uh uh, oh my god i can't what's the record before oh my god i'm terrible i can't think of it now it's okay it's late yeah um but yeah. but th- th- this uh i i'm i'm a big fan of this kind of music i love that 
that that cross section of electronic keyboardy uh bleepy bloopy almost video gamey type stuff you know like <laughs> i like the cross section of that in metal i like that a mm-hmm. lot and uh, and distorted guitars um and this is a, i've never i've never heard this one before um this is a uh was really quite enjoyable and it just just right off the bat that kind of like keyboardy thing going on like mm-hmm. oh this is a this is a different animal this is a this is more what I think of when I think of Rob Zombie, uh, not right. White Zombie, and that's that's pretty interesting to hear again that that evolution. But uh, a really cool track to end on too because of the the whole uh, evolution aspect of it. But no, this was that was that was a lot of fun. That was that was a good one. For what it's worth, uh, you were talking about that cross section where metal meets electronic. Mm-hmm. That's where I live. <laughs> I live right at that crossroads. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, uh, that, that, that brings us to the end of our show. I'm, I'm, it was an absolute pleasure to, to comb over this music and to find tracks that I thought really encompassed this band kind of showcased, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you were, white, uh, you heard some white zombie and you thought, man, or you were like me with Founds away and you're like, nah, it's not my style. And you listen to us and think, oh man, maybe I slept on these guys. Um, you know, Chris, it was great really truly great to hear your takes on these these tracks and stuff and it was this was fun it was outside my comfort zone um i mean it's that's not music i'm unfamiliar with entirely i mean i, I it was basically like hearing all those astrocrypt songs for the first time with the exception of that first track i don't even think i remembered the other ones i'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. i've heard them i know i've listened to that record but this was uh it was a hoot it was outside of my comfort zone as far as like the music that i fall back on constantly um and it was nice to really appreciate it with a critical ear um and just kind of appreciate it in a way that i had never done before like i've Mm -hmm. always i've listened to it on, on on background terms i've listened to it as in like you know i was in someone's car and this came on that kind of stuff but never really put headphones in and really sat and listened to the actual, you know, technical artistry involved in writing this music. And it is, it's very easy to understand why uh, Rob Zombie has uh, the fans that he does because, uh, and, and White Zombie in general, because this is, this is, it's not just excellent music. It's really well performed. And that's a, there's something to be said for that for sure. Um, so thanks for, thanks for this track list. It was really, really something. And this was a, this was a blast. Awesome. I, I appreciate a the opportunity to do so and and B, you know, I think one of the things you and I talked about very early on was, you know, being able to present this music to one another and be open about it. So I appreciate you being, you know, open to to listening to it. So it's been a real it's been my absolute pleasure. Um so well, that's our show. Um join us next time for Chris's pick. Uh, it's his turn. And uh, Chris, do you have your next artist on deck? I do. Um, this was a, if I had to go with Fountains of Wayne is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is um, uh, they were originally known as One Fell Swoop. And then they had a run in with a country band in St. Louis that had the same name. And they changed their name to Dispatch. And I'm, I've already been struggling to come up with the, the, the track list, but um. You you made a sigh. Are you familiar with Dispatch? No, I, I I sighed because you finally said the name. The anticipation was killing me to know oh. what the band was. Um, I'm gonna be a hundred and twenty percent honest with you. I have never heard of this band. 
uh, they've never been, they're not a, 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 a mainstream popular band. They never have been. They never had like, you know, big radio hits or anything mm-hmm. like that. This has all been uh, word of mouth. I would assume there's at least one song on here that you have heard before. Okay. Uh, but um, outside of that, I'm, this is this is really the other half of my musical taste. It's much more acoustic. Um, oh, great. Uh, but it's... Uh, it's um, it's also very energetic and very uh, vocal harmony driven, Ooh, um, which okay. is a, a big thing for me. So uh, I'm really excited. I have a lot to say about this band. Uh, so there you go. That's my pick. The next band is Dispatch. Well, I I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm I'm absolutely stoked for this next one. Uh, we here at Turning Tracks are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you when we can. And we have a couple ways that we can do that. There's the Geek Aid Discord channel in which we have a turning tracks, <laughs> where we have a turning tracks chat. That's a tongue twister, ain't it? Where we hope <laughs> to discuss all manner of stuff relating to music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. And of course, you can still email us at mail at geekaid.com. While you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should like, follow, and subscribe to if you haven't done it already. Turning tracks and other Geek Aid podcasts are made possible. Thanks to the GeekAid Patreon page. There, patrons can get early access to monthly podcast topics and recording schedules. Get early access to most of GeekAid's shows, including this one, and more. If you've enjoyed our podcast over the years, or you're brand new to the GeekAid family, follow the link in the description and give it a look. We really appreciate it. Finally, as always, be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at GeekAid.com. Now, traditionally, uh, on our other show, Wave Back, we will leave you with a song. Uh, we do video games, so we're going to uh, we do ending credits usually. Um, Turning Tracks is no different. We're going to leave you with a song tonight. Um, in making the track list for this uh, episode, one song kept coming up, and I wanted to put it in the the episode so bad. And the, the the episode's only 10 songs. And I thought, this has to be the final song of the night. Um, this song's really, really important. And it's weird as I'm talking about it. I'm starting to feel emotional. Uh, it's, it's very important to me. It's very special to me. When I was uh, 16 and 17, I had a neighbor who was one of four children. And all their names became, began with K. And uh, this gentleman's name was Chris Bell. Um, side note, his sister became my dentist for many, many years, and we're still very good friends. Chris Bell was your quintessential metalhead. He loved the Rangers. He loved the Yankees. Um, but he loved metal. And there's this weird thing that happens with older metalheads who see younger metalheads. And, and I love it so much because I've done it because it was done with me. And he took me under his wing and was like, you like metal? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you like White Zombie? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I don't think you know White Zombie. And I'm like, okay. So he sits me down and he plays the song we're about to listen to. Now, at the time, I had only known more Human Than Human and some of what was on Astro Creep 2000 because I didn't own the album just yet. But... This song will forever remind me of this gentleman, Chris Bell. Um, unfortunately, he passed, you know, some years ago, you know, way too soon. And 
it just reminds me of like that guidance <laughs> that other metalheads give to new metalheads. Um, you know, being an only child, I didn't have brothers or sisters, so my friends were my family. Um, and this dude was just like the older brother I never had. And so I'm going to leave us off tonight with a song called Thrust. It comes off of the Lissexa Resisto, uh, Devil Music Volume 1. Um, uh, this song, uh, I dedicate it to Chris Bell. Like, wherever you are, man, I hope that, you know, you're, you're teaching everybody about the old metal so they can appreciate the new one. Um, you know, thank you for being just an awesome dude and sharing your love of music with me and uh, just being a genuinely great human being. Yeah! Oh, be in the dark dance and I will end up in the mirror.